The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2022 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at colnycindy.com. Two disclaimers. One, well, look at a question. How many of you in the last month have had some kind of cold, cough, flu, something like that? Yeah. Alright, so empathy. This is, this is empathy time. Like, I've been dealing with this thing for about three weeks, and my voice kind of goes in and out, and I get these coughing fits, and so I just want to apologize. I might have to blow my nose. That feels like uh, inappropriate for a speaker to do up front. I mean, I've got a pocket full of Kleenexes, so I'm just being honest with you all. You know? So just, you all raise your hands. You've experienced this recently. I'm in the midst of it. Second, um, I have a timer on my phone that I'm going to set for 15 minutes. And, I mean, not 15, 45. That's how long I'm looking to go. Um, if you have a phone, why don't you do not disturb or silence it or turn it off? Like, you don't, if you're like, well, I use it for my Bible. I've got every reference is going to be right here in front of me. I will give you my email and send you this PowerPoint thing. You, you just, just look at me. If you take notes, that's great. I just want you to be focused because the distraction is easy in this day and age. Um, one other thing. So, I, if you were, how many of you were here last year at this New Year's conference? So, I gave a talk last year. It was really similar to this. Um, but it seemed like it was, a, it was a helpful talk and a helpful topic. And I think about this stuff all the time. It's always ever-changing. So, I've added new quotes, new illustrations. And I want to spend some time at the end talking about how do we... How do we walk forward? But before we walk forward, you gotta understand where we are. So maybe let me do this. Let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in. Um, Father, there is nothing that uh, John O can say, nothing that Will Within can say, nothing that any seminar student can say that it's gonna change your heart or help someone. You have to work. So all the preparation, all the magnificent PowerPoint abilities, uh, all of the focus and lack of distraction. Our hearts need you to move. And so would you be pleased to move? Maybe in someone's heart, maybe there's someone in here who doesn't know if, if, if God's real or if Christianity is worth investigating. Maybe this will help you. Maybe you move in their heart and say, I'll hear more about that. And maybe there's people in here who have been walking with you for a long time and they need to be encouraged or helped to understand what is going on in our world and in our culture and in our hearts. You know what every single person needs. And so would you speak? Now, Paul Fotitas is a very small person, a very small deal. But you, God, can change hearts. So supernaturally work, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Speaking of small person, so the name Paul in Latin, you ever read those things? You ever read a bookmark that has your name on it and what it means? You know, like mighty warrior. Paul means small. And then my last name is Fotit. And what do you look at that as? Like Fotit. What does Fotit mean? Small. So if you're like, what's that guy's name? It's like small. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll tell me, myself, and I, I like puns. My, my daughters laugh me on a classic dad joke, but I hope that kind of helps. We're just going to get into it. So, uh, here's a cartoon. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. This is a little PG-13. You know, there's some swear words and some of my quotes. And so you're at a Christian conference. You, you've all watched movies with these things, but you might be like, oh, I need some cuss words. So just, you know, just let me know that we're going to go there in, in some ways that there are, oh, I don't know if there's any kids in here, good. So this first one has to I just want to speak I should say that. Here's the cartoon, Two Fish Are Swimming. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> morning, kids. How's the water? And then and they swim by, and then the fish goes, what the hell is water? Um, because the fish doesn't really know the water around it, right? The, 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 the very place that's giving it livelihood and sustenance and whatnot, it's, it's like, what is water? But the old fish kind of knows. And so my question for, for this room is, what is the water that we're swimming in? Like, what is around us that we maybe don't even know is out there? We don't know that we're breathing in or taking in, but I need your help. So we're going to play a little game. So here's the game. Um, oh, I got to The most obvious important realities are often the ones that are the hardest to see and talk about. In the day-to-day trenches of existence, unapparent things can have life or death importance. Like the matter for a fish. Unapparent, life or death. What's the unapparent life or death thing that we have to do? So, this is your time. You need to follow your heart. Okay, okay, a few of you did. I don't know. I mean, let's try that again. Follow your heart. All right, there we go. Because we make a lot of noise that's sitting on the air, and they're going to think, man, I should have gone that soon. <laughs> that's really not what I'm working for. Um, you can do anything you put your mind to. Yes, yes, you guys, you've been drinking water. Um, you do. You. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think it's all. Um, this is an old one. Don't tread on. Yes. If you want something done right, you have to There you go. Is one? Yeah. Look inside yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And then there's just a blank. Um, <laughs> there's lots of people that say this, you know? Scandinavian philosopher, Elsa. <laughs> it's time to see what I can do. To test it, I'm not going to say If my voice was better, I would sing it. Um, can't do it. I mean, imagine Elsa singing with like scratchy man voice. Um, no one can sell that best. Uh, to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Like, I mean, that's just every. So, my family in COVID, we started a pizza movie every Friday night. We watch a movie, we get pizza. And after every movie we watch, I've got an eighth, eighth grader and a sixth grader. The question I ask them after every single movie, what was that trying to say? And we spend five minutes and we talk about what's that movie trying to say? And you will not imagine a number of movies that are trying to say the right, the wrong, the rules for you, you're free. Follow your heart, do what you want, look inside yourself. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. They're going, um, Apple, you know, how many of you have an iPhone? You got a few times, great. Um, they're hot. Joy to you, you know, like not joy to the world. Who cares about that song? Joy to you. Like you deserve it. Um, I was just at Illinois State. Illinois State people in the house? Yeah, yeah, four of you. Yes. Um, well, it's all over the campus. This is the motto right now. Create your legacy. Like you can do this. Go go out and make it happen. Um, Shakespeare, this above all, to thine own self. Be true. Uh, let's keep going. Sling go back, so because the heart wants blood. And we're all like, yeah, yeah, that's just yeah, I like this song. Yeah, the heart wants what it wants. Like, I'm gonna get that on Spotify or whatever. But the crazy thing is, and like the first person to say that was Woody Allen. He said the heart wants what it wants. There's no logic to these things. You meet someone, you fall in love, and that's that. This is about him getting married to his adopted daughter who was like 30 years younger than him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, delete, delete that from the playlist. Like, and I, I just ruined the heart wants what it wants, right? But, I mean, just think about 
how often we, we think about that phrase, we think about these ideas, and we don't know exactly where they come from. You, I mean, Google, Wikipedia, and you find out that's where it came from. And, and that's not right. But it seems like the natural thing to think, to believe, to buy into is that our own ones. Here's a new one. So Maria Gabriela DeFaria on growth, empowerment, inspiring positive change. This was an article in a magazine about three months ago. Here's, what, here's the question and the answer. Um, question, what is one good choice that everyone can make to improve the world around them? And here's her answer. Question everything. Look for your own truth. Live your own truth. Instead of repeating anyone else's, what's crucial to me is to make my audience question their old beliefs. Every day, ask, what do I need today? And then go get it. It could mean therapy, a change in your diet, a divorce, a yoga retreat, or yes, sometimes a medication. The only person who can walk through that door is you. Isn't that empowering? Now, I don't know about you. I read that quote, and I don't really feel empowered. I feel kind of confused and, and a little bit scared, right? But this is everywhere. This is all around us. So here, the most chilling to me is Justice Kennedy. I'm looking at that when he said this. Maybe this was like 10 years ago. So this is Supreme Court Justice. At the heart, which, you know, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court is, is there to kind of interpret the laws and kind of help us understand what the Constitution means, what the law means, and therefore how we should live. So it has a very ethical component to it. And what they're saying is, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. So what everyone is saying, from Elsa, from, from Frozen to the Supreme Court, or, you know, from Shakespeare all the way up to the present, Look inside your heart. You do you. You need to figure this out. It's all on you. That that is just the nation. And this is really also um, just another stat. Gallup last year stated ninety one percent of Americans agree the best way to find yourself is to look inside yourself. Like that is it's just over and over again. So in the, in the title, I say the word autonomy. You're like autonomy. Like what is he really getting at? Besides just a nice dad joke pun. Um, so auto is Greek word for self. Nomos is the Greek word for law, and you put it together, and it's self-law, autonomy. You rule yourself. You decide your future. You set all the, the rules. Yeah, yeah, Elsa, the right and the wrong, the rules for me, autonomy. I'm free. And, and it's, it's this idea of freedom. And the American idea of freedom is the power or the right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. That you need to be completely free to do whatever you want, be whatever you want, decide whatever you want, and it is on you. And, and that's just what the world is saying. So, where did I come from? Like, where did this idea come from of look inside your heart, figure out, he's got a pun. I'm going to see if you guys like the puns, you know, maybe, maybe you can like, yeah, Paul, with all this. Where did this idea come from? Um, it's not new. Uh, Genesis, this is, I mean, John talked about this the other night. The serpent comes to Adam and Eve in the garden, and he says, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said, so we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, 
your eyes will be open and you will be like God. And it's, it's that on every other quote, every other illustration. I mean, follow your heart, look inside yourself, no right or wrong rules for me. But that is, you are God. Um, yeah, yeah, I just highlighted it. The very first lie, the very first temptation is from Satan. This whole idea of look inside yourself, of follow your heart. Selena Gomez did say the heart once, but once Woody Allen did say that. Satan said that. And that has been played out again and again and again and again. This isn't new. This isn't rocket science. What is crazy is that now this idea is so celebrated. It is expected of you. If you don't follow your heart, if you don't look inside yourself, if you don't define yourself, something is wrong with you. And you're probably being hindered. You're being controlled or constrained by some kind of authority that you need to break free from because this is the pathway to life. Satan is saying God isn't as good or wise as he claims to be. He is holding out on you. If you seize autonomy from God and do your own thing, you will be better off. And I just think that is the water that we swim in. That is the culture surrounding us. So there were huge questions in the garden saying, saying, who is God? And then who are you? You know, what's the purpose of life? And the way that Satan answered those questions is he said, God is not trustworthy. He doesn't want your best. Who are you? You are God. You can determine what's good and bad, what's right and wrong. And how do you live? By doing whatever you want, by following your own heart, by creating your own truth. Like, that's just what the message is. And the scary thing is that message is surrounding us, all in our culture today. And it's going to make you go bankrupt. It's, it's, again, in every movie, in every song, like so often. Well, you know, a new song come out. I'll be in the car with my daughters. I'll be listening to it. I'll pause it. Hey, what are, they, what are they saying? Or if they do say something like, follow your heart, or, you know, if that's a movie now, I've got to close my mind, so kind of look at each other and look at me and be like, there it is, there it is. And I love it. I want you to be aware. I want you to be aware. You are not just passively walking through life. You are receiving messages day in and day out. And this is the message, and you know who really likes it? You're receiving this message? <coughs> this is what he wants you to know. This is what he wants you to believe. Um, just some, some more biblical proof that this is, is all over the place. So in Judges, the book of Judges is where uh, the Israelites, they, they, before they have a king, they have all these different judges who kind of judge and rule and lead the people. Ever heard of Samson? You know, sort of Samson. Samson was a judge. And so all these people are, are raised up to free the people of Israel. And that book is like a steady, slow decline. It's a descent of Israel becoming more and more and more and more like everyone around them. God wanted them to be a particular people, but they ended up looking like everyone around them. And at the end of the book of Judges, it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Like, I don't know if you can feel the tone in that verse, but it is, it, it is everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Does that sound like a good thing? Like, yes, there was no king. Everyone knew what was right in their own eyes. No, it's like a mournful, sad, pitiful state of affairs. But is that not the message all over the place right now? Here's another one. Um, we, uh, our family likes uh, the Christmas playlist. I mean, there's, there's the people. The world is divided into 2,000 people. They're the ones who think it's okay to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving. And then the ones who believe it's not okay. And we're in the second half. After Thanksgiving, we start Christmas playlists. And two of the ones we have are Hamilton's Messiah. And you know, Hamilton's Messiah, there's a lot of, I mean, most of that whole thing is like biblical passages. There's one in Isaiah. 
And there's one about how we like sheep have gone astray. I don't know if you've that song, but here's the verse. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. So what is the Bible? How does the Bible define going astray? By turning to your own way. By following your heart. By doing what you want to do. By you do you. Be true to yourself. All this stuff is not a good thing. But it's all over the place. Um, so this is the way Tim Keller says it. We have stress looking inward to forge our own identity based on our desires and then moving outward to demand that society honor our individual purposes. And that is the message today. That is freedom. That is life. That's where it's all found. Um, what is the problem, though, with following your heart? Like, uh, maybe you would agree now. Okay, that's not a great idea. Like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. Why should you do that? That's what we're going on. One, your heart's conflicted. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Clearly everyone, because you're supposed to follow it, right? So go out there. Follow the deceitful above all things, desperately sick part of your being. Like, that's just not going to be good. Here's how Martin Luther King Jr. says it. The human heart is like a ship on a stormy sea, driven about by winds blowing from all four corners of heaven. He's just quoting Jeremiah. Like, you can't trust it. It's conflicted. If you just gave into your heart, if you just gave into your desires, that's not going to end up good for you. Like, what I want to do every day, I, I know I should get up and work out. This is how I wrote it down. I should get up and work out and read my Bible. But, man, another hour of sleep. Man, that's just so good. Uh, I want to give a good talk so that you'll you know, like me, but I, don't, but I don't need to care what people think. I want to be generous with my money, but I want to save for retirement. I want to finish something yet. I don't think I'm ever going to take another class. Um, I want to drink water all the time, but sweet tea is so good. Like, I want to go to bed earlier, but I want to watch alone some more and see these people just break. Um, I should turn off my phone for dinner, but I want to keep it close by just in case someone calls. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you're ambivalent. You have certain desires and other desires, and they're always kind of pulling back and forth. So if you're going to follow your heart, which heart are you going to follow? Which desire are you going to give way to? Um, so it, it, it's conflicted. Your heart is also deceived. Um, Cheryl Crow, let's see if you notice. This is an older song. This is a little bit of a test for you guys. So she goes, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. If it makes you happy, then why the hell are you so sad? You know, so there's, you know, there's my other disclaimer. I swear anything at all. People are not Christian anyway. Um, because your heart's deceived. Like, it can't be that bad. Right? Like, you should pursue what's going to make you happy. But how many times have you, like, Christmas is one of those, especially for kids. They want this present. They've, they've been written Santa about it. And he has shown up magically on Christmas Day and given them that gift. And they tear it open and they scream and they shout. And you know what they're doing, like, four or five hours later? Or. I wish I had more presence. Like, and we've all been there. We've all experienced that. We think that what we want is going to deliver, but it doesn't, it doesn't end up actually delivering for us. And then that gets to the question of, do you actually know what you really want? Like, here again, Jeremiah says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So we reject God and we follow these things that we think will be satisfying. But at the end of the day, they aren't. They aren't satisfying. They, they don't complete us. Um, you, you give in to it. Here's another one. Billie Eilish. She says, I had a dream. I got everything I want. Now, what do you think? And if I'm being honest, it might have been a nightmare. You know, again, 
Elsa's saying, Billy Adams is saying, Cheryl Crow is saying, like people who chase the, the rainbow to its end and they get what they think they want, it doesn't deliver, it doesn't satisfy. So are you gonna follow that thing that's conflicted? And are you gonna follow this thing that is the seed? Because if you gave in fully to your desires, I don't think it would go so well. Like you call, you all be asleep right now. Like if I just did what I wanted this morning, I would not have woken up. I went to bed late and sleep was very attractive. I would eat like Buddy the Elf. You know, what is it, like the four food groups? You know, syrup, sugar, what, what are they? Candy, candy corns, candy canes. Like man, that's not gonna go so well for me. Relationships would always be like Tinder, with no commitment, no consistency. Like those are things are just built on just following what you want, and then friendships will be impossible because we say mean things, and because we're always just looking out for ourselves. So you don't want to live like that. You don't want to give in to your desires. So your heart is conflicted, your heart is deceived, and your heart actually can't handle it. Um, here's the way John Mark Comer says it. Uh, he wrote a book called Live No Lies. He talks about some of this stuff. You can look at it. He says, if self is the new God, this puts a crushing weight on the self, one that it was never designed to bear. It must discover itself, become itself, stay true to itself, justify itself, make itself happy, perform, and defend for itself. And you can't, this is a crushing weight, and that's why, and a few people acknowledge that this is true. The real reason that most of you can't do is because you, you saw that T. Swift quote, and you're like, he is talking about my girl Taylor. So I gotta tell you what else you gonna say about that. But it's a quote from the blurb. It can be really challenging to figure out who you are on a particular day as you're figuring out where you want to go. I have good news. It's totally up to you. I have terrifying news. It's totally up to you. Like this is what she said at, at a college commencement at New York College to a group of a group just like this of college students. Like go find yourself, figure out yourself. It is all on you, and it is crushing. It will crush you. Some of you in this room, maybe all of you, maybe most of you, are being crushed by this, this lie that you need to trust yourself and believe yourself and, and find yourself and look inside yourself and live out your truth and explain it as though that is the way to freedom and true life and fulfillment. I call that the tyranny of autonomy, the tyranny of freedom. You think freedom and autonomy and living like that is going to be fulfilling, but it is a tyrant that is controlling you. Be true to yourself might be the worst advice anyone can give you. Now, there's a way to say that. That I don't, I don't want you to feel like if someone says, you know, someone, hey, you should be true to yourself. And you're like, you said that. That's not a point. Because there's sometimes, and what that means is you're living, like John O talked about pretending and performing in a way to cover up sin or shame. And so, you know, like there, there's, there's nuance to this. But in the way that the world is saying it, in the way that it's hashtagged and blown up everywhere, I don't think it's good advice. Um, follow your heart, and you will be enslaved to something. Like, that. whatever you think is going to, to fulfill you will become your master. In Romans chapter 1, it talks about this descent of, of humans because of sin, and it says they worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who's to be blessed forever. And so if you start if, if you start following, you're gonna end up worshiping a servant. I don't think it's good advice. And this pursuit is endless. Like, come on, Taylor. Like if you have to define yourself, like it is mainly terrifying. It is not mainly exciting. Because once you define yourself, you've got to define yourself again and again and again. You're always like when John O talked about a house made of windows 
or a house made of mirrors, this is all, this is the mirror house. And I'm just telling you what it looks like and what it feels like. But I don't have to. You all know this. This is not something that you don't understand. I just want you to be aware. So let's talk about how do we get freedom from freedom. I need to look at my timer. How much time do I have on this? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even start. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's uh, a key. I mean, if I started at, at, at what time did we start? 10 45? Yeah, okay, it's 11 minutes, 30 minutes. So I want to leave some time that maybe we could discuss some of this. And if there are any questions, we can engage over those questions. So, what do we do? How do we get freedom from freedom? Uh, first, you need to know that real freedom, you need to limit your freedom to experience greater joy. And you may not recognize this, but you all know this. You all do this. You're living it out right now. So you took on death to go to college, most of you. And, and you said, I'm going to limit my freedom in the future so that I can go to college and have this experience and get a degree and then pay off that debt and then get more debt so I can pay off that debt. And the cycle is endless. But the point is limiting certain freedoms to experience other freedom, like choosing a major. I mean, you know, you go to college and you decide what you're going to major in. And then you drop that major. And then you decided another major. And, and now you're maybe sticking with that one. I changed two or three times. That's just kind of average. But at some point, you limit your options. You have to make a choice. Because that choice is going to give you greater freedom and opportunity. You decide a sport. Like, I grew up, it was, it was unfortunate. I grew up in a great neighborhood. There were 10 other guys. We played all kinds of sports. I never could make the cut for like high school or college sports because I never was really all that good at any sport. But if you're really good at a sport, if you're a varsity athlete in this room, it's because at some point, yeah, it's this guy right here must be varsity athlete. <laughs> so, I mean, fact check, fact check for me. You have to make a decision that that's what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna just give myself to that. And that's how you actually experience greater freedom in that sport. You had to decide on this order or something. You're always making decisions that limit freedom to gain freedom. Uh, Hopefully, you came here. You decided, I'm not going to be with my family the whole time. I'm going to travel. I'm going to pay $199 or whatever. I'm going to go, if you're from Minneapolis, I'm going to go on a long bus ride. And then I'm going to leave. Four days later, I'm going to go on a long bus ride back. You limited your freedom to hopefully experience something here with community and connection and truth and all of that that's going to make your life overall better. So you do this all the time. Getting married. And I'll do some stats up here because I think they're interesting. But, but before I talk about the stat. When you get married, you limit your freedom, right? Like the whole open relationship, throuple stuff that's all over the culture today. That's not good. That people think that, that to limit yourself to marriage, you're going to constrain your desires. But that is just listening to what the serpent said at the garden. But this is kind of wild. So in 1970, 76% of Americans were married. Now, 28% are married. But I, again, as I'm getting ready for this talk, I Google and try and look at multiple sites to try to figure out the best way to communicate this. The bottom line is people are not getting married as much as they used to because it is constraining. If, if you look, look up Adele and what she said about getting her divorce. Look up um, who else was it? That got, maybe it was Kim Kardashian and she got divorced from Kanye. Look up what they said about their divorce. They said, I wasn't happy. And I wanted to be happy. I think Adele went so far as to say, I needed to make a decision for me for once. And so 
It, it, she doesn't say that she had a bad marriage. She just was not feeling fulfilled and happy. She felt limited and constrained. And when, when like uh, cultural icons are living this way and you read about them, you just slowly take it in. And you think, yeah, like that is freedom. That is, that's the way to live. So it's all over the place. Another one, starting a family. In 1970, there were 3.6 births per woman. This, I, mean, I know this could sound like a strange way to make this stat. I thought that's a strange way to say that stat. But when I looked online at all the statistics, this is how they all listed them. So I mean, this ain't Paul Poteet. This is, this is like the, the American Medical Association. Now it's 1.6. But she's saying that people used to have bigger families. They used to have more kids. They don't. People aren't getting married. People aren't having children. Like the birth rate continues to go down. There are some people that have like all these predictions about what that will mean for our culture and for society in the future. There's this science fiction movie called Children of Men. Anyone ever seen this movie? It's about a world where people can't have babies anymore. It's like one other person who is saying, well, on the ride home, download it to your phone, and, and watch it on the long bus ride. Um, but the point is, is that I think marriage and having family is, is a joyful thing. But you have to limit yourself to experience that joy. And so you're doing it all the time. Will you, will you experience that kind of real freedom? Um, scholars and philosophers like Aristotle and Plato, you look back over history, and they would say they saw freedom as freedom from our natural desires and having mastery over them, not giving into them, not following them, not listening to them. Um, here's how uh, a theologian T. Wright says, Christian freedom is not freedom to do what you like, but freedom from the things that stop you from being the person God really wants you to be, which is freedom for the service of God and his house. Um, the way the New Testament says it is, uh, do not use your freedom as an opportunity to gratify the desires of the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Real freedom is not doing what you want for yourself. I promise you, real freedom is being free to actually love and serve and bless other people. Try it. Give it a shot. I promise you, your life will be more fulfilling than just closing in on yourself. Um, freedom to do what is right, this is my summation, is real freedom. Um, and this is what Jesus did. One of my favorite passages. You know, have this mind among yourselves which was in Christ Jesus, who, though being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus had it all, and all the freedom, all of the incredible autonomy to do whatever he wanted to do, and he gave it up for you. And if you want to be like Jesus, don't live for yourself. Don't buy into the lies around you. Give that up and live for other people. But the way that you do that is not by saying, okay, this guy was right. I'm going to go out and do it. It's by saying, it was done for me first. It was done first. It's not do it so that you'll be accepted. It's, this is what Christ has done for you, and now go live this way. Go do it. Because you have this is the kind of God we worship. We don't have a tyrannical God. We have a God who gave up the autonomy to love and serve and sacrifice and bleed and die for you. Um, so, sorry. Um, 
In short, take your hands off your life. Like, can you do that? Can you give that? That kind of that kind of lack of control is a scary thing to do, but it's the safest place to be. You want to? You, would you rather get everything that you want to happen in your life to come true, or everything that God wants for you to come true? Who do you think is going to have a better plan for what your life should end up like? Can you trust God? And then I one of the testimonies the other night talked about suffering and about how she could not understand how a good God would do that, but somewhere along the path. She, she embraced surrender and trusted that maybe if he's God, he's big enough to have a plan and a desire and a design to use these hard and challenging things to my head. Would you take that hand? Um, it, it, here's just, just two last verses. In Luke 1, when, it's Christmas, right? So we're going to have Christmas verse. So the angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby. And it's not Joseph's. And how do you think that went down in the culture for her? How do you think she was looked at? That was not a fun day. She was probably like 15, 16 years old. Like, that's, that's, there's some stigma today. There was a lot of stigma back in, in, in you know, ancient Palestine. So, but Mary said, Behold, I'm the son of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I take my hands off the steering wheel of my life. Let, let, do to me what you want, God. I trust you. Luke 22, Jesus, Jesus says this later, right? He's in the garden. He's about to go to the cross. And he says, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, not mine, but yours. And so this, this is freedom. Freedom to say, God, I trust you. You will be the freest person that you know. Um, so what can I mean, uh, we, what can we do? Uh, you know, like a big hero, just go, you guys ever talk about these? Like a BHAG? Have you guys ever heard this phrase? All right. Well, one day someone's going to share so this is like setting some kind of goal that is big and it is audacious. I'm the hairy part, you know. Um, I don't know why the guy who came with this idea decided that hairy was the right attitude. Because I'm like, I don't know that hairy goal. Um, but we're going with a big, hairy, audacious goal. And the big, hairy, audacious goal is how do we live with real freedom? So I've got a B, an H, an A, and a G. You get it? Yeah. See what you yeah. Um, first, be aware. That's the whole first half of this talk. Be aware of the, of, of the message, the music that you're listening to. You know what I meant to do? I forgot to do it in, in, my, in the Christmas. I didn't turn on my timer. But I made a playlist, the autonomy playlist on my phone um, that I was going to have played as you walked in. Because I wanted you to have this multimedia extravaganza, this smorgasbord. Um, I'm just going to tell you, here's some songs. You know, you want to listen to some songs? Be, be, I mean, maybe you have these on your, so High Hopes by Panic at the Disco, all about Follow Your Heart. Electric by Katy Perry, she just tell me Follow Your Heart. Everything I Want by Billy Amish, already told you Follow Your Heart. This Is Me, The Greatest Showman, you know, that's a, someone told me that's one of my power songs to run to. All about this, all about me. Waving Through a Window, um, uh, Dear Evan Hansen, all about me. JT by John Bellion, all about me. Me by Taylor Swift. You know what that's about? <laughs> and then let it go. You know all those songs. That's my. That's my. Okay. Well, I need to be reminded. But I wonder what songs you have. What movies you watch? What what shows you listen to? What podcasts do you hear? How are you drinking in the the water of autonomy day in day out in your life? You know. <laughs> listen to Man Eye. Constant vigilance. That's what you need. Always be aware of what you're taking in. Because that's what the world wants to take in. Um, 
So be aware. Habituate God. That can sound like a weird thing. I mean, habituate. When we use the word here we go, when we use the word habituate. But here's why I'm saying it. Because the word habit, um, when you look at the definition, I don't know if I don't have it. Yeah. A settled or regular practice or tendency, especially one that is hard to give up. Now we talk about bad habits. Could you have some good habits? Imagine if meeting with God reading your Bible, spending some time in prayer or reflection was a settled or regular practice or tendency in your life, especially one that was really hard to give up. That would be incredible for, for all of us. We're about to be at the start of the new year. You can make some resolutions. This is the perfect time. Can you make a habit out of this? And I say it because the, the music, the news feed, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, social media, what, what, all day long you're ingesting this stuff. That is the talk next door, Zach Rogers. Download his talk and listen to that because it's gonna remind you of how much you're getting this stuff played to you over and over and over and over and over again. I, I would just imagine the last three days are probably the most like content like this that you guys have imbibed in. I mean, maybe for some of you, your entire life, you're like, I know you like, and please finish up so I can get out of here. But statistically, like in a ratio, you're taking in this stuff all the time. How much are you taking in the truth? How much are you being reminded about what's real? Those verses that I quoted, God is telling you how the world really works. Make some habits out of that. that if, if you do nothing else, Habituate God. God's word in prayer. You need that to counteract all of the messages that you're getting all the time. Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness and told him he tempted him in three ways. But you know what's wild about those three ways? All three of them are basically follow your heart. You do you. Be autonomous. And you know how he answers every single one of those? What does he use? The Bible. Yeah. Do it in your life. Habituate God. Um, be aware, betray God. Avoid isolation. John talked about this last night, about being honest with people, about talking to people. I love that you were all here. You could all have not shown up and listened to all of this online in a week. But I promise you, there is something about sitting beside your friends. There is something about making new friends. There is something about going after this to go eat lunch and talking about this and person-to-person -person contact. You know, what, you know what it's called when something that is not in person becomes a person? Incarnation. Jesus did that, right? The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. So God thought the, the ultimate way to get through these people is for me to become a person. And so there is something that is glorious and divine and supernatural about being able to interact with other people. But the world, like the stats on loneliness, oh yeah, yeah, I've got these. 2019, 58% of Americans are feeling lonely. This is 2019. What happened after 2019? Uh, you know, like the most lonely time in your life, the pandemic, right? So I just can't help but believe the percentage is higher today. I interact with college students all the time, and what I constantly hear is that people feel lonely. I imagine a lot of you in this room feel lonely. Avoid isolation. Um, I'm trying to, I feel like I have something else to say on that. Um, yeah.
Be a good friend by confronting people's worst enemies. Like talk about what you're in by. Talk about the way God. Press in on each other. Sharpen each other. Do that in each other's lives. Proverbs 18 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. He's, he's just saying, by being by yourself, you just doing you is bad. It is a bad idea. Don't do it. It, it breaks out against all sound judgment. Tim Keller, he says, if all that matters is individual autonomy and then forgiveness. Oh, I'm sorry. If all that matters is individual autonomy, then forgiveness and reconciliation, which are designed to foster and make, maintain community, are a little points. I mean, how many of you, when you go on social media or you look at things that your friends say, have felt like, man, people are arguing a lot more? And they're being contentious, like just consistently. I mean, especially in political seasons. People are, like, social media is a place to, to express outrage. And so, like, canceling people, not having anything to do with people, not talking to people anymore, just avoiding them, is kind of the way that you should operate in life. But, but I, I love this quote, because what he's saying is, isolation autonomy leads to a lack of forgiveness and reconciliation, which further isolates and breaks down every aspect of community that we have. And forgiveness, everyone today is demanding atonement for when people do things that are wrong. But they know nothing of forgiveness. And we just need so much more of it. But you can't have it when you're isolated. Um, so, land the plane, be aware, enjoy God, avoid isolation, and grow restraint. What can you do to, to restrain yourself? There's this crazy idea that's a really old idea called fasting. And, you know, in the Bible, it's like fasting for food. But maybe, I mean, people do it at length. You know, a, a lot more people do that. Like, we'll take 30 days and not do caffeine and not do sugar and not do social media. I mean, some of you have probably said, I need to give up Facebook for them. I'm probably not Facebook these days. And then you go on Instagram for a while or whatever. And you take some time off. When you do that, you will see how hard it is. There's a, there's a book called The Tech Wise Family. The guy, he says that he takes, he tries one hour a day to turn his phone off. And then one day a week. And then one week a year. Just give it a try for that hour. Like, put, put your phone somewhere. And, and in like 15 minutes, you're, you're, you're not going to know what to do with your hands. Like you're gonna feel the phantom vibrate. Anyone ever have a phantom vibrate? It's like, oh, wait a second, it's a phantom vibrate. Now, try it for a day. Can you imagine not using your phone for a day? And that could be one of the most incredible things, the most incredible days of your life. What about the week? I've tried it. I mean, it's so freeing, it's so great. But how can you grow restraint? In what way? What's something that you maybe this year, at some point, sometimes say, you know what? That's not a good thing. I am not going to give in to my desires. I'm going to restrain them. Um, and lastly, I like C.S. Lewis, and I like this book. And what he said is, the main work of life is to come out of ourselves, out of the little dark prison we were born in. He was really influenced by a guy named G.K. Chesterton. And Chesterton said, oh, how big your life would be if you could be smaller in it. And, and it's just not the message of the world. So don't listen to them. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the Bible. Listen to C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton. And fight against this stuff. So it's been 45 minutes. Not exactly. There's a, we have like a few minutes. Is, are there, is there something like, hey, could you say more about that? Or any kind of question? Three minutes. Anything. Here's your shot. That's the challenge. Yes.